This is Moonshine and Scoreboards with Kevin, Landon, and Justin. Hello and welcome to Moonshine and Scoreboards, episode 25. I'm your host, Kevin, and this week, returning from his vacation, I'm joined by my co-host, Landon. Landon, how are we doing, buddy? Uh, I'm tired, I'm broke, but that's how you generally come back from a Disney trip. But unlike my last two trips to Disney, I didn't come back with COVID. I didn't come back with pneumonia, so uh, I have to consider that a win. Kevin, how you doing, my friend? Uh, well, you're doing better than I am because you just had a little bit of time at Disney World, so that tops me. But I am also doing pretty good this evening. Um, you know, nothing to complain about. Life is life is great. Uh, well, I mean, life is life is good. Life is good. Hopefully hey, you got is- a day on this side of the grass, baby. That means life is great. Life is great. I'm I'm above six feet, so we're good. Exactly. Um, yeah, <laughs> football uh, is yeah. life, and life is great. Sorry, I've football been rewatching uh, Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> football is life, um, but you know who life is really great for right Who's now? Who's that, Kevin? That would be Dalton Himet. 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 We're gonna have to workshop that one, I think, bud. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna let uh, <laughs> UT's t-shirt department come up with that one, and I'll just steal it. Uh, Dalton Kinnett is the talk of the nation this week. And we're, of course, going to get into Tennessee's two basketball games that they've played since we recorded. Um, if you're sitting here waiting for some Vols baseball, keep waiting because it's same old, same old run rules and blowouts and nothing really to chit-chat about because there's no really close games. Uh, base- baseball season is interesting. With Tennessee, uh, conf- Tennessee baseball because they don't have a whole lot of big out of conference games and the in conference games kind of don't start till it gets a little bit warmer. Um, so once it gets a little bit warmer, end of March, beginning of April, uh, we will be talking about the Vols baseball and Tony Vitello's group uh, that has just been steamrolling these much inferior opponents. Yeah, Diamond um, but, Balls did pick up uh, some uh, hardware. I believe it was the Shiner or Shriners Cup Championship in Texas. Beat some pretty decent competition in uh, in that uh, you know early season uh, tournament. They won that, but yeah, ever since they came back to Lindsey Nelson, they've been running roughshod. They opened SEC championship or SEC tournament. Or uh, this is going very SEC well. SEC play. <laughs> SEC play, third time's the charm. There we go. Thank you, Kevin. On March 15th, on the road at Alabama. So uh, so maybe once yeah. we get to the middle of March, of course, once we get to the middle of the March, I hear there's a little bit of madness that will be happening. We can start talking about Tony Vitello and the Diamond Balls. But yeah, kind of to your point, they're just kind of doing what's been expected right now. Just mashing fools, hitting dingers, chicks dig the long ball, and then that uh, Tennessee pitching staff is just throwing nasty, disgusting, filthy heat. Which yeah, you love to see it. Yeah, I mean... I'll be honest, I haven't watched a Tennessee baseball game this year um, just because basketball's on. And exactly. basketball's mm-hmm. kind of like taking precedent. Um, but, you know, from what I see on Twitter, I just see, you know, 18 to 2, 19 to nothing, 12 to 1. I'm just like, okay, well, 
Same old, same old. You, know, you just, can hear the voice of the baseball balls, uh, John Wilkerson, and the play-by-play streaming at utsports.com. So just FYI, if you want to hear some play-by-play, because you haven't been or you haven't been watching them on TV, uh, even here locally, here in uh, lovely Knoxville, Tennessee, they haven't been uh, carried on radio much either. So yeah, it, well, yeah, I mean, I, I and I do get it, but you know, it is also like a college sport, and we're like a college town, so you would like to be able to tune in if you so choose. I know there's a couple of my friends that are just like diehard college baseball guys. And I'm like, buddy, I don't know how you're doing this this early in the season, man. You got a long way to go. But on the flip side, how can you not be excited for college baseball, especially if you're a Tennessee baseball fan with what Tony Vitello's done ever since he came to Rocky Top? I mean, what, uh, two trips to the College World Series in his very early career at Tennessee and he only seems to be building on that you gotta love it yeah yeah uh we were talking the other day um I I do think that of the three the big three coaches that we have here uh Hypo Barnes and Vitello Vitello is probably the best the um I mean Hypo Hypo and Barnes have done great things but Vitello in the amount of time that he flipped that baseball program around was astonishing oh um, it's it's incredible he he yeah, literally I mean, brought tennessee baseball back from the dead i mean before tony vitello got here it's like you could you could go to Lindsay nelson on a friday saturday sunday and get a very good seat for you know the change in your pocket now tennessee yeah. baseball tickets are sold out through the end of the season and if you want to go on the secondary market it's going to cost you hundreds of dollars depending on who's coming to town and it's all because of what tony vitello and the recruits that he is bringing into knoxville it's incredible yeah it's it's cheaper to go watch a pro team it is and that's crazy that's crazy (laughs) it's it's wild but i mean i mean it is what it is you know this was a conversation me and justin had last week you know i'm not gonna i i was made to look like an idiot and maybe i was but i'm not gonna you know not hope that Tennessee does bad. You know, if I have to watch the games at home, I have to watch the games at home. I don't, they don't bother me none. I'll just watch yeah, yeah. If if I was here for that conversation, I'd be on Team J for that. Though uh, I did love the fact that you turned that conversation into being pro vehicular manslaughter, where you were just talking about running people over on campus because they were in your way of your car. That uh, that conversation was, uh, pardon uh, the, the 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 pun here, a ride. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> When I was a young child, my mother taught me don't walk in front of moving cars. So, if and also apparently she taught you that, pedestrians equal points. So yeah, <laughs> I mean if somebody's mother didn't teach them don't walk in front of a moving car, that's not my fault. Uh, <laughs> moral of the story, audience, please do not walk in front of moving cars, particularly Kevin. Particularly, particularly a black Kevin. Silverado that has a New York Yankees bumper sticker and a New York Yankees license tag. Because if you do, I'm not going to stop. We know he's already killed a mailbox. We don't know what else he's, uh, he's, uh, he's killed, uh, that he's not admitted to ladies and gentlemen. So I will not admit to the crimes. So (laughs) yeah. As As your, as, as your podcast lawyer, that's smart. Yeah. I didn't do it. I didn't do anything. Plausible deniability, baby. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's talk about the basketball team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about the basketball team. They started on Saturday. 
they Texas A&M came to town. It was a big checker checker Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center at Pat Summit Court game, and Tennessee got the revenge for that loss to A&M, uh, winning big, eighty six to fifty one. Game really wasn't close at all. Uh, Tennessee kind of controlled the entire game. Kinnett finishes with 24 points. Adu adds 18. Awaka adds 12 off the bench. Zakai Ziegler comes up one point and one rebound short of a triple-double. He had 14 assists, nine points, and nine boards for the little man. Short man, short king. We like that. Um, Yeah, I mean, Tennessee was up 10 at the half and then outscored the Aggies 49-24 to in the second half. Just kind of put their foot on the Aggies' throat. And that was that. I mean, to be completely honest, about halfway through the second half, I kind of turned the game off and was like, "This this game's done." Like, there's there's oh, no. Oh, you reason turned the game off? No, man. I yeah. I I I, re- I remember the first meeting of Texas A and M and Tennessee, and just watching that slog. So I enjoyed every second of watching a Tennessee. Uh, I'm going to use the technical term here: clap them butt cheeks against uh, the Aggies of Texas A and M. And you talked on Zakai Ziegler uh, putting up the stat line of nine points, nine rebounds, and 14 assists. Uh, coming one point and one rebound shy of a triple-double. Not only that, he had zero turnovers in that stat line. So he was one and one away from the perfect triple-double. I mean, like an amazing performance from ZZ. I know that Dalton Connect, rightly so, gets all the headlines for this Tennessee basketball team. But Zakai Ziegler, I really feel like, is the pulse of this Tennessee basketball team. It's incredible what he's been able to do now, literally a calendar year from tearing up his knee. It's incredible. Yeah. He, I mean, his, his, you know what you're going to get with Ziggler. That's the thing. You're going to get a dog. You're going to get somebody who is just like a fighter and is never going to give up. And it's going to fight the entire time that he's on the court, mm-hmm. which that's why a lot of Tennessee fans love him. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the offense, it, it starts with Ziggler. I mean, he is the point guard. Yep. So it's his job to, you know, I mean, I know the offense goes through Kinnett, and for a lot of the games this season, he's he's been the majority of the offense. Um, but, you know, somebody's got to get him the ball. Yep. And, and mm-hmm. that's where Ziegler comes in, and he's done a fantastic job of doing that. Also, like you said, he's he's put up a lot of points. He's scoring – I mean, I was thinking about this this morning. Where would Tennessee be without Dalton Kinnett? And my Mm. mindset was this team would be a very different team. Obviously, it'd be a very defensive-oriented team because it's a Rick Barnes team, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Ziggler, I think, would be getting a lot more national buzz than he is right now. Uh, Because he, I mean, aside from Kinnett, he's our leading scorer. Um, and he, he's putting up deep threes, putting up clutch threes, stealing balls, putting up, you know, run, running the fast break, finishing layups, getting and ones, nine rebounds for a point guard. <laughs> I mean, it's like uh, uh, the short King, as you called him, got nine rebounds in that game. I mean, like he's yeah. getting after it and I'm glad you mentioned his defensive play. Uh, he's averaging, if it's not too 
steals a game, it's right under. It's like 1.9 or or 2.0 steals per game. Like like he is the straw that stirs the drink that is the Tennessee offense. It's incredible to watch Ziggler play. And you talk about how he'll just hit a three. It's cold-blooded. And I I feel like I've heard this line so many times watching this Tennessee basketball team play. Whoever is calling the game, they'll talk about how Zakai Ziegler's mom said, never let your opponent see you sweat. And that is a mantra, a mindset that, that he has taken to heart. This is a fearless individual. And as a Tennessee fan, this is the type of person you want to be leading your guys onto the floor saying, I don't care who you are. You could be a one seed, a two seed, a 16 seed. You could, you could be a 10 point favorite. As long as we have ZZ out there, you, you might beat us, but you know, you're going to be in for a fight and you are going to feel it when we see zeros across the board and we hear that final horn. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say, I, I, I mean, like I said, Kinnett is obviously a huge point of this team. Yes. Um, I think Z, I think Ziegler's more of the captain of the team, though. I think, I mean, I, I was watching the broadcast last night, and they were saying how, like, Ziegler is the type of guy that will get in your face no matter who you are if you're not performing well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll call you out. And, you know, it wouldn't shock me if, like, we got to – this will never happen. But if we got like an in-depth, you know, an inside view of the locker room, um, you know, throughout the week or maybe in the off season. And I really do think that ZZ is probably the guy that's like calling the shots on the court. Like is the captain of the team, not officially, but you know, is, is the captain of the team. He might not be the leading score uh, point getter, but he's the face this it's crazy to say, but I mean, he, I think he is the face of the team. I mean, offensively, he he does great. Defensively, he's a two-time SEC defensive uh, first-team all-defense. Mm-hmm. Most likely going to be three-time this year. Um, I mean, and he's been there longer than everybody besides Josiah Jordan James and Santiago Vescovi. And not to point fingers and not to call out performances, but if I was Zakai Ziegler and Josiah Jordan James or Vescovy came at me and said something like, buddy, why don't you worry about scoring? <laughs> why don't you <laughs> score? <laughs> and then we can talk. Uh, because, you know, yeah, Triple J had a big game against Kentucky, but it's kind of been back to the same old, same old with him. Uh, and Vescovy has been MIA all year. Um, no, no, Vescovy did have a big spot in the Auburn game. We're getting ready to talk to. And it's like, I, I do think Triple J and Vescovy, they haven't been the players that we thought they were coming into the year. But I do think that has led to part, or them taking a step back has led to the Dalton Connect show. They realize their their place in the machine that is this Tennessee basketball team. And I it's like I understand, you know, um some fans being frustrated with not seeing the Santee and Triple J that we saw last year, but at the same time and 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 I'll admit it's like it sometimes it's like, dang, come on, come on, um Josiah, get your shot or uh, Santi. It's like you were wide open. Why why'd you make that extra pass? Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But I have to respect that they're that mature of players to realize that the whole is bigger than them. And if 
they had bigger egos. I don't think you could bring in a player like Dalton Connect and see this Tennessee basketball team, which quite frankly, this is the best chance that Tennessee has ever had to not only make a run to the Final Four, but to win the whole damn thing. And them willing to accept their place at the table of this year's team is a big reason of that. Yeah, I will. I will agree with that. Um, you know, they're they're so mature. They they're damn near thirty years old. So yeah, <laughs> well, there is that. But I mean, like, <laughs> they've been here forever. <laughs> I mean, they're not like, Bo Nix or anything. They're not collecting yeah. uh, social security when they're leaving college. Come on, hell, they're close. They're close. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, shut up! It's it, you're not supposed to say that when when there are guys. <laughs> I'm just saying they've been here a minute. I'm sure Kentucky fans would be very happy to see Vescovy and Josiah Jordan James leave after this year. Because oh, especially Triple J after Triple J went up to uh up to the barn and burned that yeah. sob down. Yeah, well, but you know they they quite literally cannot come back next year. So you have that going for you, Kentucky fans. Um, but yeah, so that was the A and M game. They, Tennessee had a huge midweek matchup um, with number 11 ranked Auburn, Bruce Pearl coming back to his old stomping grounds. Um, this was, in my opinion, I don't know if you would agree, but in my opinion, this was the biggest game of the season so far. I know that we played teams that are ranked higher, right? I know that we've played Kansas. I know that we've played Purdue, mm-hmm. played North Carolina, played Wisconsin. I mean, I know all of those games, but two factors for me, come, well, three, I guess, come into play on why I think that this game was bigger and why I think that these four ga- or these next three games that we have down the stretch are bigger than those. Number one, those games were earlier on in the season, you know, very early on in the season where you don't know what you got quite yet um, and you don't know what you're going up against quite yet. Number two, they're out of conference games, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, you can lose which we did, (laughs) you can lose three of those four games and (laughs) still be a one seed (laughs) Um, because none of those teams are in your conference. And so, you know, yeah, you can lose. We didn't do this, but you could lose every out-of-conference game that you have and still win your conference and still be probably a top two two seed in the NCAA tournament Um, because... Those out-of-conference games, yes, they matter, but they don't matter near as much as your in-conference games. And then number three, which kind of comes to number two, is that these next three games, well, including the Auburn game, determine if you're going to be a one seed in the SEC, in the SEC tournament, which I don't know that Tennessee has ever been a one seed in the SEC tournament. If they have, it's been a minute. I don't even think that that Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield team was a one seed in the SEC tournament. I think they were a two or three. Um, But I don't know. I mean, you have everything listed out right in front of you. You know, those games are behind you. These games are in front of you. If you take care of these four games, you're going to be the one seed in the SEC tournament. You're going to end up playing the inferior teams to going to the SEC tournament championship and if you take care of your business, you're going to end up being a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, which Tennessee has never been, um, which would be nice. <laughs> uh, I, I would not hate that at all. 
Uh, so Tennessee, they had that matchup against Auburn. Uh, ended up winning 92-84. to 84. A phenomenal game. I did not turn this game off, Landon. No. Okay, nice. good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. There was there was no point you could turn the game off unless you thought, well, you know, Tennessee's down eight. It, it, there's 12 minutes left in the second half. I guess Tennessee's out of it. Yeah. Boy, boy, if you turn the TV off at that point, you missed a show. Yeah, you did. Um, the first half was a close game. I mean, it was a good game the first half. I believe Tennessee was up like two or four at the end of the first half. I, I think they were – it was – oh, it was it, it was either – I think it was four. Zakiah Ziegler hit a hit a three, three like right as time three. expired to, I think, push it back up to four. But, yes, yeah. it was it was a very close nip-and-tuck uh, game. Not the rock fight that we saw Auburn and Tennessee have last year where I think the total score was 46-44 that uh, Auburn pulled out and and speaking of pulled out everybody who watched that game whether it be on tv or there in uh at the time Thompson Bowling pulled their eyes out because that was ugly to watch (laughs) yeah um but the game for Tennessee really didn't start getting going until about 12 minutes left in the second half um I mean we've talked about him a lot on the show We've talked about, I mean, we've been talking about him since the exhibition game against Michigan State at the Did beginning of the season. Did you say exhibition game? Exhibition game okay, against here we go. Michigan you. State <laughs> at the beginning of the season. We've been talking about him since then. Dalton Connett is, in my opinion, and it may be disrespectful to other players, to past players, in my opinion, I think he's probably the most dominant player to put on the Tennessee basketball uniform. It's, wow. It's a man, I mean, he goes to Chapel Hill, which is not a good, not an easy place to play. He puts up 39. We're thinking, okay, that's cool. You know, we haven't had somebody put up 39 in a long time. Um, you know, cool. Good job. It, maybe it might be a fluke. Maybe not. He follows it up going back-to-back games, scoring 35 or more. Um, later on in the season. And then in the most important game of the season, he drops another 39 points. Um, and most most importantly, in the final 12 minutes of the game, he outscored the entire Auburn team, 25 to 21, by mm. himself. That I mean, it was something... I mean, he started off the first half. He only had 12 points at halftime. And I was like... I was sitting over at a, a food truck park watching the game. And I was sitting there like, man, you know, he's going to have to get going if we're going to win this game. Because, we're I mean, we're going to end up having to score more points than what we're doing. And, and obviously, he's the majority of our offense, right? Um, and then that last 12 minutes, it was like he couldn't miss. He, it was like, I to me... It reminded me of like Kobe Bryant going just like black mamba mode. Like I I you give me the ball, I don't care where I'm at, I'm not gonna miss. I don't care if you got five guys in front of me, you got one guy in front of me, I don't care if you're playing man or zone, I don't care if I'm at the logo, I'm not going to miss. And Kinnett was just hitting from everywhere. He was hitting deep threes, he was driving to the basket, he was dunking balls. I was like this guy is crazy. 
Um, I mean, he's to me. I think the SEC Player of the Year is already wrapped up. Um, there's, I, I'd be befuddled if he lost it. And yeah. I, mm-hmm. truly, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. his name and the National Player of the Year race. I mean, I, I don't think uh, to. Has Zach Eady scored 39 points this year? I don't think he has. You know? I, I don't <laughs> think he has, but Zach Eady averages 24 and 12. And I know that we, I'll admit that I'm biased. I'm not going to speak for you, Kevin, but, I'm but very I am. Biased. <laughs> okay. All right. Then we, we are very biased. In my opinion, uh, Dalton Connect should be running away with the Naismith uh, National Player of the Year. But uh, odds makers have set uh, Zach Eady as a minus 3,000 favorite to win the thing. Dalton Connect is its second place with 20 to 1 odds. But I mean, well, make your money, fam. Make your money. Bet hey, on the White Mamba. The White. Oh, dear Lord. Um, But. I, like I, I unfortunately, I just feel like this is a foregone conclusion that uh, that people who don't watch college basketball, kind of like what they do with the Heisman, are just going to vote for the name that they know, and the name that they know is Zach Eady because his his skill set is he's seven foot three, where he where his skill set is he plays post, where Dalton Connect plays basketball because you talk about his performance against Auburn where, where he put up 25 points in 12 minutes and Auburn, the entire damn team put up 21 points. I mean, you talked about it. He drove the lane uh, and he dunked it. He went, went, uh, went on the arc, hit fadeaway shots. He, he shot threes from like Lenore city and Auburn knew what was coming. Didn't matter if they went one-on-one at one point, Auburn collapsed and went three on one. Yeah. They couldn't and, stop Dalton Connect. So, like, in my opinion, like, I don't think that it should be a question that this should be the player of the year. But unfortunately, I don't think it's going to play out that way. But Dalton Connect's performance, I mean, like, that was an out-of-body experience just watching was, him dude. <laughs> go against Auburn. And in the instances where they did collapse on him, he had that much awareness. It's like... Okay, yeah, I could, you know, continue to do this. But when they went three on one and collapsed on him, he found that open person who was under the basket and boom, that's two more points. Oh, look over there. I'm going to hit it, uh, throw it, uh, throw it to the corner. Boom, swish. That's two more points. And at one point, one of my, the dunk, the dunk is just so dang good. They set the screen. He waves off the help and says, nah, man. I got this. Watch this. And he throws that some bitch down right over broom. It was so glorious. It was. Um, you mentioned it. One of my favorite sequences of the game was when they did go three on one against him. And he found, I don't know if it was Santiago or if it was Ziggler. I think he did it a couple of times. I know for one time he found Ziggler for a wide open three. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I was like, it. it to have that like, much if, court awareness when right. you have three people in your face. In your face, yeah. Yeah. And they I and mean, they knew that the ball was going to him. Yeah, that's uh, – I don't know. Like, for me, I tried to put myself in his shoes, and I was like, if I'm going nuclear like that, like Steph Curry mode, like I can hit from anywhere, and three guys come put their hands in my face, but, I, I mean, I'm on fire – 
I don't know that I would pass it. I'd be like, you know what? Fine. I'll pull yeah, up let's and try it. Yeah, yeah, here we go. You know? yeah. But he, that's what makes him so good is that he was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pass it to my teammate and get a for sure basket instead of me just trying to have a human highlight reel. Yeah, I mean, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, w- it was just like you said, it was an out of body experience watching that. And it was like, it felt really good. <laughs> I was like, you know, it, it feels really good to sit here and say, we have a guy that we know can carry this team deep into March. Yes. Um, and it, deep into March is the key here because at some point in the tournament, there is going to be a time when you need to look at your superstar and say, hey, go get us buckets because everything else is not working. We need for you to light a fire under us and get us going. And we have seen it time after time. But like you said, in your opinion, this was the biggest game of the season. Dalton Connect did that last night. Not only did he did it, he did it big against yeah. A very good Auburn team. Yeah. A, ve- I mean, a very good Auburn team. And, something and, that I haven't even mentioned. They're the number five team in the nation defensively. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he just torched them. Yeah. He absolutely torched them. And, and this is something. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I was just going to say it'd be one thing if he, this was his first time doing it. But North Carolina is a top 10 team, and he did it to them too. So well, he remember, showed, he, uh, he he tweaked his knee at North Carolina and still put up, what, 39, 39. 37? Yeah, yeah, 39. So, I mean, he's shown, yeah, I can do it in conference against the best defense. But, you know, in March, in the big dance, you're not going to be playing on the SEC teams. So I can go to the best ACC team and do it to them, too. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just like, I don't care who you put in front of me. I'll light them up. So line them up so I can knock them down, you know, and and it was it was very, 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 very impressive. Easily the best performance that I've seen in my lifetime from a Tennessee player. Well, I and, mean, and this stretch that this Tennessee basketball team is going on, starting with this week's Auburn game going to tomorrow night's on the road Alabama game, which the prognosticators actually have the Vols as a slight underdog on the road in Tuscaloosa, then going on the road to South Carolina, a team that beat Tennessee in Rocky Top and then closing out the regular season, hosting the Kentucky Kitty Cats on Rocky Top. Those four games, we were talking in our group uh, group chat, and I asked y'all, do you think that this would be harder than the four-game stretch to get from the opening round of the NCAA tournament to get to a Final Four? Because to get from round one to the Final Four, you have to win four straight games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my answer in the group chat was yeah. Because you're not, to me... I've seen a lot of March Madness tournaments, right? Your ranked teams don't win every game. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the that's the beauty of March, right? Here in these next four games, or including the Auburn game, in those four games, you know that you're facing four ranked opponents, two of them on the road. And I'll take it one step further. Let's say that Tennessee goes four and and then let's say that Tennessee wins the SEC tournament. I'd be 
what, seven straight wins over what we could assume would be ranked opponents? I can tell you right now, no other team in the nation has done that. No other team in the nation will do that because no other conference in the nation has as many ranked teams as the SEC does. So you can sit there and you can argue with me, oh, well, Houston should be a number one seed or number one. I'm talk- I'm not even talking number one seed. I'm talking number one overall seed now. Houston should be the number one overall seed or UConn should be the number one overall seed or Purdue. I- I, I I think Houston's going to end up being the number one overall seed of of all the teams in college basketball that I don't want Tennessee to run into if they end up being a number two seed. I do not want to be in that same bracket. And unfortunately, as I look at the most up to date brackets from ESPN, they have Tennessee as a two in the uh, South region with number one Houston. Yeah, I mean, but here's the argument, though, right? Sure, you say Houston would be the number one overall seed. If Tennessee runs the table and wins the SEC, has Houston beat seven ranked teams in a row? No, they haven't. I mean, the next best team in the Big 12 is Iowa State, which I understand Iowa State is ranked number six in the nation, seven in the nation. I get that. But Tennessee I mean, would I, have... I, I, I get mean, what you're look, saying, but but we've seen in years past the, the tournament... The tournament oh, well, committee, yeah, we're definitely going to get screwed out of it. Yeah, the definitely. tournament committee doesn't seem to put a lot of weight into what you do in the conference tournament. So, yeah, it would be cool to win the SEC tournament, but I really don't care about the SEC tournament. Like winning the regular season, sure, absolutely. Let's go after that. But when it comes to the actual tournament that's going to take place in Nashville, I really don't care what happened. Like, like don't get bounced in the first round um, past that maybe don't get run and don't get embarrassed and just get out healthy and get ready for round one. I I'd like, I, I, see. I, I hate to say this. I just think the deck is stacked against Tennessee to the point that even if they were to somehow go four and O not only beating four ranked teams, beating four tournament teams. I just looked it up. Uh, ESPN has, uh, I think I saw South Carolina as a six. Kentucky is a five. Auburn is a four as a five as well. And I didn't see where Alabama was, but, uh, but they are all, they're projected to be a three. Okay. So, so they would have beaten a three, two fives and a six in the span of two weeks. uh, And they would have won the sec regular season. If they were to run the table here, Uh, two of those on the road in hostile environments, me personally, again, totally biased. I think they would deserve that final number, number one seed. I just think, for whatever reason, uh, the die has been cast and Tennessee is going to end up getting that first number two seed. I think, see, that's my argument for winning the SEC tournament. But, dude, it doesn't I think matter. Because if you, well, you say that, uh, if Tennessee wins the SEC tournament, because let's be honest, it's going to come down to Tennessee and Arizona as the, as the last number one seed. If Tennessee wins the SEC tournament, you can't, there, there's no way, there's no way that the whoever votes on this, I don't know if it's a committee, I don't know if it's a group of old people, I don't know if it's a computer, I don't know. It's a group but, of old people. That's, probably. Well, and that's that's the problem I was talking about when it came to the Naismith National Player of the Year. And it's like, like, like what was it, last year or two years ago when Tennessee won the SEC tournament? Uh, 
Yeah, it was two or three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when they went into that weekend, they were projected at a seed line. They won the tournament and then they went into the tournament at the exact same seed line. That's what I'm saying. The tournament doesn't matter to the, to yeah. the, and and I, I I wish it wasn't that way. I'm just saying that's 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 the way things are, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who Tennessee was up against in that seed line three years ago. I just I that's look fair. at Ari- fair. I look at Arizona. I look at you know the scenario this year, right? Like I said, it's going to end up being Tennessee or Arizona, and Arizona. They're they're from the Pac-12. The Pac-12 has one other school ranked in the top 25. Way weaker and, conference, yes. And that one school beat Arizona. It's Washington State. Now Made money on that game, as a matter of fact. Thank yeah. you, uh, thank you, Wazoo. <laughs> the difference is that Arizona has out-of-conference wins against Duke, Wisconsin, Alabama, and Michigan State. So their out-of-conference wins are better than Tennessee's big out-of-conference win against Wisconsin. But Tennessee would have ranked wins, and mind you, those are the only ranked wins that Arizona has. Tennessee would have ranked wins over Wisconsin, Alabama, Florida, and if they ran the table, Kentucky, Auburn, South Carolina, Kentucky again, Alabama again. I mean, it, it... you know, I, it, it, you're, you have more ranked wins. You play in a better conference. You, you didn't lose to the only team that's ranked in your conference. Um, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I get know. what you're saying. I, 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 I don't know how. I, I totally I don't get know what you're how, saying. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would love to have an Arizona fan on here to, like, defend the thinking of putting Arizona in above Tennessee. I mean, I guess I could see the main thought would be, oh, well, they have a better out-of-conference record than Tennessee does. Okay. I mean, cool. I mean, rattling off those wins, that is impressive. And, and it is. Un- and unfortunately, it's like, like beat Michigan State. <laughs> and I was about to say, but unfortunately, that's a, what'd you say, an, an Excellentory Bishon. Yes. And and that doesn't count. (laughs) But I mean, but I mean, in all, in all reality, uh, we can come to the conclusion that Tennessee should be that, that one seed. And like I said, to get into this discussion is I think there's going to be an argument there. There should be an argument. If the committee decided to pay attention to the conference tournament, there should be an argument of Tennessee not just to be a number one seed, but to argue to be the number the number one overall seed. Because, you know, Ooh. yes, the Big East is good, and UConn would have a top 10 win over Marquette, presumably. Um, and Houston would have a top 10 win over Iowa State, presumably. But they wouldn't have to win seven ranked games in a row. That's what I'm getting at is that like what Tennessee's I mean, done down the stretch is now 
I don't. I don't disagree. It's not happened yet. It's not happened yet. I don't. Yes, and and we are one thousand percent. What's the counting the chickens before our eggs hatch? But let's let's say that Tennessee does hypothetically run the table. Not only is that four wins over four ranked teams, that's four wins over uh, four tournament teams. Two of them on the road. Those are also four quad one wins, which the tournament weighs very heavily. It'd be the most impressive stretch, and honestly, like, like, yeah, for, it, for all the like, teams, like, I could, I could see t- a a very real possibility if Tennessee does do that. What's not to say that that one of the four teams that's ranked above them they slip up again? Because we've seen uh, UConn lose. I think uh, no, UConn lost at home. Um, uh, UConn didn't lose. UConn got blown. That is true. Also, uh, UConn on the road. Uh, I was listening uh, to uh, 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 Tyler and Will here locally. Like going back, like uh, almost a decade, they're like one in twenty against like ranked uh, teams on the road. Now, neutral sites they figured out because you know they are the reigning defending national champions. But against ranked teams on the road, they are awful. So remember that betting going forward. It, but yeah. yeah, they got they got romped. So. What's not to say that that one through four doesn't drop a game? If Tennessee can take care of business, there's a very real possibility that Tennessee could end up being one or two, like in the polls when the season comes to an end. Which would be very impressive. Now, let's go back to counting our chickens and before they get in the coop. Let's actually <laughs> let's actually look at the coop and look at those three games that we have coming up at Alabama, at South Carolina and at home against Kentucky, number 14, number 18, number 16, respectively. Where, what do you see happening? Because I said this with Justin last week. To me, the two games that scared me was the Auburn game and the Alabama game. And if Tennessee takes care of business on Saturday against Alabama, which, mind you, if Tennessee plays the way that they played last night against anybody else in the country... I, I I find a very hard time believing that they're going to lose. The game that they played last night was just chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Tennessee takes care of business against Alabama, I think they're, which me and Justin had said last week, you know, it'd be great if they did. I'd, I'd be very surprised if they did. But I really do think if they beat Alabama, they're going to finish out that stretch 4-0. I mean, I... I me and one of my buddies were talking last night, and he was like, it would be very poetic for us to fin- to beat Alabama, beat Auburn, beat South Carolina, and lose to Kentucky. That would just, that would just make sense for a Tennessee fan. <laughs> but this team is just different. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say it. I think they're going to run the table. I think they're going to go 4-0 down the stretch. They're already 1-0. I think they're going to win the next three. And you know what? I think they're going to win the SEC tournament too. What do you Oof. think? You don't have to go into the SEC tournament. Oh just man, you just week. saying that? Oh, that gives me so much anger. Them going Knocking on that on long winning streak, going going into a one and done scenario in the NCAA tournament. Oh sweet Jesus, Kevin, hold on, I have to I have to take a sip of Boybin. Oh yeah, we we as a Tennessee fan, if oh. that happened while you sip your bourbon. We would, we would be, it wouldn't shock me in the least bit. 
to be the team that loses to a 16 seed. Yeah, I, yeah, I was literally about to say, and in that in that instance, we would become what second, third, one seed to blow yeah. it to a 16 seed. Wouldn't wouldn't shock me in the least bit. Ugh. Yeah, and then and then on uh, next week's episode, you and Jay would be a. Uh, in this situation, um, <clears throat> is presumptuous you don't have to go into the SEC tournament. You can yeah, and, and I'm not going to because, as <laughs> I've said, the it, to me the SEC tournament like. Win your first game. Don't get embarrassed. Most importantly, get out of it healthy. I mm-hmm. really don't care what you do there because, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like the selection committee cares. That is that is my stance until proven otherwise. So I'm focusing on the next three games at Alabama, at South Carolina, home finale, senior night or senior day. I don't know what uh, the tip-off time is against Kentucky. I'm going to first focus on at South Carolina. Once again, using a technical term, I think Tennessee is going to clap them butt cheeks. I think we're going to see a similar performance of what we saw against A&M at home uh, performance, not on the road uh, performance. Uh, I think Tennessee is going to uh, remember what happened the first time they played uh, the Gamecocks, uh, USC Junior, and Tennessee is going to hang on to that receipt and say, hey, y'all, this is yours, and just uh, put a foot in their ass and just uh, walk them up and down the court. So I got one win at South Carolina. I think they take care of business at Alabama this Saturday. That is going to be a juggernaut matchup. Uh, it. I'm getting a lot of of the same vibes I got from this Auburn matchup that Tennessee was able to go through that. I mean, like make no mistake about it. That was a 15 round, like, like world heavyweight championship esque bout that Tennessee was able to go blow for blow with a very good Auburn team, but they stood tall, but it did take a just, as I said, out of body experience type game from Dalton connect. But I mean, we've seen Dalton dude, Dalton things time and time again. So I think they take care of business against Alabama. And you think they lose at home to Kentucky. I do. I do. Yep. <laughs> I'm telling I, you, man. It with wouldn't... the way Kentucky like, like finished that game against Mississippi State and the way that Alabama, once again, using the technical terms, clap them butt cheeks. If you haven't noticed, I'm a big fan of that term right now. Uh, Against the same Alabama team that Tennessee is going to see this Saturday at Alabama's place, Kentucky. Well, they did it at Kentucky, but I mean, like, Kentucky whomped Bama. Like, they did everything they wanted to the Crimson Tide and then some. Yeah. Like, Kentucky's been playing very well since we. They have. And then they went to Mississippi State, which, I mean, Mississippi State, I think, is a bubble team right now. But playing at the hump is a very hard place to win, just ask Tennessee. And they were able to come back and then win at the buzzer. With the way Kentucky's playing right now, and as much as Tennessee fans might hate him, John Calipari is still a hell of a coach. So I, as much as it pains me to say, sorry, Jay, I know we're supposed to hate Kentucky all day, every day. I think Kentucky might catch up Tennessee 
right as the regular season ends. If that happened, uh, if that happened and Tennessee had a win against Alabama, I do still think that Tennessee would be the one seed in the SEC tournament. I do still think that would be the case. I think so too. Let me pull up Bama's it would, right schedule. now. We're right now we're even with them. Yes, assuming we win Saturday, would be one game up. Assuming we both win again uh, on you know the day that we play South Carolina and whoever they play, we'd still be one game up. And we lose at Kentucky or we lose at home against Kentucky, and let's just say that they win, we'd be even. But we would okay. Have a uh, ten- er, Alabama's re- uh, remaining three games they host. Tennessee Saturday. After that, they host Arkansas. So chalk that up as a win. They finish the regular season on the road at number twenty-four, Florida. Who I'm? Um, who beat them already once? So I mean, it's 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 not a it's not an opponent as tough as Kentucky, but at the same time, Florida has been better than a lot of people expected coming into this season. So I mean, like. If, if 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 Tennessee can beat Alabama, beat South Carolina, lose mm, to going to come down to the wire. Yeah, it's, I think they'd still be the one seed. Um, no matter what happens in that Alabama Florida game, I think they'd, I think they'd be the one seed. Granted, and win the regular season SEC title, but you know, you I don't know that the celebration would be that great because. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. You just lost at home to your biggest rival in SEC. But play. hey, you know what? Uh Tennessee really does protect home court. So, uh who knows yeah. what what happens when you're playing on Rocky Top when you're playing at the Summit. Um uh and I'm just some stupid fat idiot with a microphone. I don't know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, uh, I mean <laughs> Yeah, that's why the game against Alabama kind of frightens me a little bit more because Granted, I, I know I'm totally overlooking South Carolina, and I know that South Carolina fans love to hear that. Oh, um, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, boy, boy. They and they're like, oh, yeah, just just like you overlooked us in football cup with house yeah. Hendon Hooker's knee. Shut up, you monsters. Yeah, they love being overlooked. Um, mm-hmm. But I am overlooking them because I do think, like you said, Tennessee is just going to obliterate them no 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 um, clap them butt cheeks that's four clack, times i've said this clap, in, in the podcast <laughs> clap them butt cheeks is there a I way we could get like a it. ding for every time i said that in this like 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 i i i don't want to put any pressure on our on our amazing producer joe but just throwing that out there that'd be great <laughs> we we might be able to make it happen i don't know we'll our producer's amazing yes he he's a magician yeah. um <laughs> He's a so, scholar you know, and a genius as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as so I we'll said, see- like 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 uh, the uh, the the prognosticators and number people say the only regular season game that Tennessee is going to be a underdog in is this Saturday's game against Alabama. They have them favored against South Carolina on the road, and they have them favored at home against Kentucky and they have them as just a slight underdog against Alabama. So I understand your hesitation of the Vols taking care of business against the Crimson Tide this Saturday. Yeah, I mean I don't know. If if Tennessee comes in and wins on Saturday against Alabama, you're going to find me next on next week's episode, I'm going to be singing a very different tune. I'll be sitting here saying 
I'm not going to say what I'm going to say. But I'll be very, very happy, and I'll be very, very confident going into the rest of the season. We'll just put okay. it that way. All right. Um, All right. So we can transition from basketball back to baseball, but not college baseball. For our big discussion this evening, um, which won't be that big, um, we're going to – we love a draft on this show. We're going to draft our top five – Major League Baseball players right oh, now. Sweet Jesus. The top five players right now. And if you hear some dead air, <laughs> if you hear, you know, some fingers running on keyboards and stuff like that, that's us verifying why we want to put said player where they're at, why we want to draft said player where they're at. Yes, verify, not Googling what no, are no, no, the no, no. top hundred players in baseball. Google. No, 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 no. <laughs> we don't we don't Google on this show. We don't, you know, MLB Network. Yeah, that's right. This. We ask we don't Jeeves, care. damn it. Yeah, we don't care what the shredder says. We don't <laughs> care what Brian Kenny says. We don't care what Harold Harold Reynolds says. Or you know, Kenny sure, Omega they, says. Yeah. The, I mean, yeah, we don't care what he says either. I'll take um, care of it cleaner. Yeah, you know, sure. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we don't care what they say. Sure, they do this for a living and that ha- don't have other jobs, and this is Especially all that they do. Especially Kenny Omega. Yes, we definitely don't care what he says. Um, <laughs> but we have our opinions, and we want to, we also want to, like, you know, back them up a little bit. So we might give a little stats here and there, but, you know, hey, it is what it is. So. Random number generator, my favorite thing, 1 to 100. Landon, you can give me a number, please. Uh, I would like to pick the correct number. Yeah, what's that correct number? I don't know. You tell me. Um, I can't do that. Damn it, I thought that would work. Okay, 34. 34. I'm going to... Oh, man, you picked a number really close to mine. I'll change my number to 89. 89 for my girl, Taylor Swift. Oh, shit. I think I got it. Number 69. Nice. <laughs> 69. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I'm, I think I got it. 25, 20, and then 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first. All right. And listen, I don't know. I'm sure that nobody knows because I'm sure a lot of you people don't follow me on social media. But I am what people call a hater. And there's an obvious 1-1 pick here, okay? But, and it would be Shohei Otani, and I know the listeners are like, oh, he's not going to take Shohei Otani. What an idiot. Well, listen, I can't stand Shohei Otani, okay? I've listened to the podcast We've listened to the podcast. We're all aware. I cannot stand him. And the reason why is because he takes the shine from my number, or he took the shine, not anymore, buddy, uh, from my number one pick. I have a dog named after him. He's my favorite (laughs) player. Uh, When he retires, he will join the great Derek Jeter on my leg as a tattoo. It is number 99, the right fielder, center fielder this year, for my New York Yankees, the most valuable player in 2022, the current 
American League home run king. And if we're taking away steroids, the home run king in baseball, Aaron Judge. Yeah, I think we all saw that one coming. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I'm not. <laughs> I was hoping and praying that I got number one because I, especially if Justin was on the show, I could be like, I could 100% see a scenario where Justin t- took number one and was like, I'm going to take Aaron Judge just so Kevin can't have him. Um, so I'm taking Aaron Judge. I mean, one-time MVP, unanimous. <clears throat> Sorry, might say that too. One-time Rookie of the Year, unanimous also. Um, American League home run king, 62 home runs in his 2022 season. Uh, He played 106 games last year. He got hurt. He got hurt making a spectacular play at Dodger Stadium. Their wall is a fracture of a wall and is, is weak. It's a cardboard wall, and it broke his toe when he collided into it. Um, And he still hit 37 home runs. Uh, So, I mean, you're talking about 162 game season. He missed about 40 games and he still hit 37 home runs. Still almost hit the most home runs in, in the American league. Um, I mean, for his career, he has 257 home runs in eight years. I mean, the guy is, I love him. I love him. He's my favorite player. I think he's the best player. Aaron judge. It's, it's obvious. I mean, I mean, yeah. Like I said, I, this is the surprise of no one. And there's also, it's like, oh dang, I'm I'm sad I didn't uh, win uh, the first pick. But also, I wasn't going to go get my guy. <laughs> with that. Yeah, because I was kind of you know going to get out of the way because the only way I was going to end up with Aaron Judge is if you took uh, who I wanted to go with at number one, and that's going to be uh, also somebody who won a unanimous. MVP vote, and that was going to be uh, from last year, as a matter of fact. Uh, he also plays in the outfield, uh, right fielder for the Atlanta Braves. That is going to be oh, Ronald wow. Acuna Jr. How about wow. that? 41 home runs, 73 stolen bases. Get you some. How about that? And he did all that coming off of a torn right ACL. Yeah, uh, I really thought you were going with Otani there. I'm I, I, that. I want you to know we don't do video on this podcast, but I'm smiling ear to ear, knowing Cause, that because because you're going to do Otani number one. Hell no! Um, <laughs> I just, I'm just glad that he wasn't taken number one by you. I'm telling you, the hate that I have for this guy goes deep. It's like I mean, I'm going to be honest. It's like like like. Well, you know what? We can talk about this after the draft. Do not want to tip the proverbial hand, but I mean, like Acuna Jr. was was one of, if not the reasons, that the Braves had such an incredible season last year. I mean, again, mashed over 40 home runs, stole over 70 bases, uh, becoming the first player in both AL and NL history to do so in the same season. Uh, uh, you know what sport likes history? Baseball. That sport likes history. Uh, So, I mean, yeah, like uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, like I said, did come off of a torn ACL, but he's still relatively young. So, I mean, I look forward to seeing what he does, even though, you know, he's probably going to get in the way of my Cubbies uh, every now and then, uh, assuming the Cubbies ever get back to the uh, playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I I like. By the way, spoiler alert, there will probably not be any Cubs in this uh, draft. (laughs) 
spoiler alert also i would not be taking five yankees so if you're like oh well he's just biased no i'm not taking five yankees i mean you are biased but yeah i'm very biased but i might take a couple you admitted earlier in the podcast you were biased. i'm extremely biased but i will as a biased player as a biased player as a biased person (laughs) i can sit here and also say that ronald acuna jr is a spectacular player um i think that's a great pick his season last year was phenomenal um, and so Ronnie Acuna, there's a lot of listeners that are probably Braves fans that love that. So, well, I mean, you know, it, like I said, I'm a Cubs state of fan, is Braves fans. but I mean, yeah, look, dude, it's honestly a miracle that I ended up being a Cubs fan. And that's only because I discovered uh WGN and enjoyed listening to Harry Carey more than I did, uh, the TBS team. Yeah. Well, I don't blame you there. The TBS yeah. team is god. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget. I was downstairs. My younger brother Tyler, rest in peace, Tyler, uh, was upstairs one summer. Uh, Landon, turn it to WGN. Some drunk guys call him the Cubs game. That's just yep. Harry Carey. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Harry Carey's that a and, great. Uh, Rookie of the Year was one of my favorite movies growing up. So. Yeah, well, I, I love that your fandom has, you know, a sentimental place in your heart. I'm, I just like winners. And what are you talking about? 2016, and 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 next year's going to be the Cubbies year, baby. Twenty-seven rings, baby. You know how it goes. Um, didn't you hey, listen when, to the podcast when, last week? <laughs> I ducked out after after the story where where you were pro vehicular manslaughter and uh-huh. also you should know if I'm not on a podcast what's the point in listening and and the listener totally agrees also yeah. when was the Yankees last ring 2009 but you know what <clears throat> we, got, we got we got 26 more to rest on it's all good 2016 <laughs> go Cubs go I love it I love it for you I, I hate that 108 year drought that you had to run 2016 go Cubs go Let's be tough. Um, who's your number two pick? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Landon Doan is back on the clock. Uh, y- you know what? Screw you, Kevin. I am going to take Shohei Otani. Uh, he only made $700 million in a contract. And give me somebody who can do it both ways. Yeah, I said what I said. Uh, he hits dingers and he throws hot, nasty heat. And uh, uh, he uh, has won a couple of uh, MVPs as well. Uh, nice. I am going to be... Curious uh, to see how he translates to the Dodgers, though. Uh, I, if if I had to make a prediction, I don't think this is going to end is a fairy tale. I hope and pray that you are correct. But I mean, um, like, like you, like you, you have to give the devil his due. There's a reason. No, I don't. Oh. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I at, as from the minute he came in the league, I don't think I've said a positive thing about him in my entire life okay I well i well, can't i mean i hate otani more than the red Sox, more than the astros more than the mets all the yankees rivals like i it, it makes my skin crawl but yes sure i'm glad that you took him because i was not going to if you wouldn't have taken him he would not be on my list well then well then I maybe care. i reach but at the same time this is <laughs> One of the best players in Major League Baseball, whether you want to admit it or not, Kevin. There is a legitimate reason 
He reset the market at $700 million. They don't just hand this out to random schlubs. Well, you know. He also didn't... Never mind. Not going to get into the contract scenario, but we all know how I feel about that contract. And um, and, and we had a whole conversation about that yeah. as well. But again, this is like like maybe what, since Babe Ruth, the best uh, two-way player... And and if you're in a conversation with Babe freaking Ruth, I think uh, I think that's a pretty good uh, company to be in, at least it on is. the field. It's it's great con- it's great conversation to be in. Um, I will say my 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 player was also in conversation with Babe Ruth. Um, what because 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 he plays for the Yankees because he passed his home run record or his his home run total uh, single season. Uh, and surely will pass his regular his career home run total, but another time, another conversation for another day. Um, sure, Otani, cool. I'm I'm glad you took him. You, like you said, it was a reach. You could have waited till five to get him because I wasn't going to do it. Um, Mostly, it was a screw you, Kevin. Pick. Yeah. Well, somebody was going to do it. You know, it's it was either going to be you or Justin, and Justin's not here, so that left that heavy burden on yourself. Uh, heavy um, is the head that wears the crown because uh, <laughs> I'm I'm the king, baby. That's right. Um, okay, so now I have two picks. And remember when I said I'm not going to pick only Yankees? No, I don't remember that. I don't listen to this podcast. Well, I said that. I might have lied. Because uh, my next pick is also a member of the New York Yankees. Here New member of the New York Yankees. Yep. Mm-hmm. A New York Yankees right fielder. Juan Soto. When yep. people talk about Juan Soto, do you know like what they normally say? What they what the phrase that comes out of their mouth is? Mercenary? A <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, thir- what what third team in three years? <laughs> asshole. Hey. God, that was good though. <laughs> Mercenary. What a dick. Um, <laughs> got him <laughs> no that's not what they say they say generational talent because Juan Soto is only 24 years old he's 24 years old he's had an on base percentage above 400 which means he gets on base 4 out of 10 times which is very good I'm, I was counting sorry no, One, not. two, three, four, five, six, seven of the eight years that he's been in baseball. He's had an on-base percentage over 400. Um, He's hit only 160 home runs, but the thing about Juan Soto is that he's not a home run hitter. He's a left-handed hitter that can hit the ball anywhere through the field and has what a lot of people think is the best eye in baseball. And... He does the Soto Shuffle. How do you not like the Soto Shuffle? Everybody knows the Soto Shuffle. You know, when it's a close ball, close pitch, and the pitcher thinks it's a strike, but Soto knows it's a ball, and the umpire calls it a ball, and he shimmies his little hips a little bit and shuffles at the pitcher. Woo! Let me tell you, the first time we did that in spring training last week in pinstripes, I got hot and bothered. I was like, whoa. Samantha. Oh yeah, that I sounds need you to great. Go to a different room. Uh huh. Working <laughs> the ump. That's what everybody's showing up for. I, Let me tell you. I was I was sweating. I had to like. I was like, hang on a second. I might need a new new pair of pants uh, because Weird. this is. Let me tell you. 
I am ecstatic to see Juan Soto in Yankee Stadium. I am ecstatic to be able to watch him every day, which, you know, I could, but now he's playing for my team every day. And he's, I mean, he won a World Series when he was 19 years old. That's crazy. He couldn't even have a, he couldn't even drink the champagne legally in the clubhouse because he wasn't of age to drink in the United States. And he's out there winning World Series, hitting clutch home runs in the World Series. I mean, World Series champion Juan Soto. Has LaShohei done that yet? I don't think so. I don't think so. If he was that good, he would have been able to do it. But I'm just saying. Um, With my next pick, do you have anything to say about Juan Soto before I go to my next pick? No, I've, I've said my piece. Calling him a mercenary. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I pretty much burned you pretty good, and Which and, was, and, and, and 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 you're still trying to dig up. So you know, yeah, <laughs> I, I will say which was a fantastic uh, burn. <laughs> I'm going to take one of Le Shohei's teammates with my next pick. I call him Le Shohei because everybody says you know like LeBron is the general manager of his teams and. People gave LeBron crap for it, so I'm, that's my new nickname Nickname for him for now. Oh, okay. All right. It, re- it uh, really helps and, if you have to explain it. Yep, that and overrated. Um, <clears throat> so with my next pick, I'm taking one of his teammates, not Freddie Freeman. I'm taking the right fielder slash second baseman, Mookie Betts. Ooh. Former Red Sox. We'll now on the Dodger. Yep. yep. From good old... Tennessee from Nashville. Um, he has been in the league since 2014. He's 30 years old. In his 10 years in the league, he has hit 252 home runs. He has stolen 172 stolen bases. He's won a World Series. He's won an MVP. He's been in the All-Star game every year except the season that he was hurt. And oh, Sorry, not he was hurt. That was the COVID year where there was no All-Star game. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah he was I mean, really hurt so was, was everybody else hurt. yeah um he's he's won gold gloves he's won silver sluggers i mean mookie Betts. he terrorized the yankees for six solid years and once he got traded to boston i was very happy because now i could be like you know what i don't hate mookie Betts anymore like he's actually kind of cool um and he plays with swag he plays with us he's a swaggy player and it takes a very special kind of talent to be able to be like, you know what? I played right field my whole career, but I can also play second base. And now I'm going to play second base and he can bowl a 300. Oh, well, I didn't, I didn't realize we were taking in bowling skills in this one. Yeah. Well, you want to take pitching and hitting. So I'll take bowling. Well, well, yeah. Pitching and hitting like, like actually count, count towards baseball. Didn't didn't realize we're, we're taking in bowling. Hold on, let me let me see what uh, Austin Riley's uh, like <laughs> like like uh, Yu Gi Oh skills are for my next pick. Bowling is pretty cool, and Mookie Betts is a good bowler, so I'm going okay. with M- Mookie Mookie, and he has a cool name. Mookie, he does. I mean, grown man named Mookie, and he is from Tennessee. I, and and if you didn't take him, that was going to be my next pick. So damn you. That's a good pick, Kevin. Thank you, Landon. I didn't say that. <laughs> All right. Well, who's your next pick? I believe you were saying Austin Riley, but sure. Who? Who? No, no. Pick? That is that is not my pick. That is not my pick. 
I was just scrolling down on this uh, definitely not top 100 list that I'm looking at. Um, uh, well, you know what, Kevin, since you took one of mine, I'm going to take one of yours. I have gotten two hitters, so I am going to be the first one to take someone. Well, I guess I kind of took one with uh, Shohei Otani, who throws some heat. Give me a reigning Cy Young Award winner, somebody Lakes from now. your New York Yankees. How about a little Garrett Cole action? Listen, I want you to know that I was writing his name down on my list because I was like, there's no way he's taking Garrett. Well, go ahead and write him down on, 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 on my list. That's, that's fine. You can just go ahead, hit that, hit that eraser action on yours, put it on mine. Mm -hmm. That's fine. That's fine. Because he did have an AL leading two, six, three ERA last year and an MLB leading Oh, nine, eight whip. Uh, for the sixth time in his career, he pitched over 200 innings coming in at 209s, and he is a six-time All-Star. Still has a lot of gas in the tank for the Yanks. Give me Garrett Cole with my third overall pick. That's a fantastic pick. I mean, my son's middle name is Cole after Garrett Cole. Of course uh, it is. So, you know, <laughs> I, of of course he was going to be on my list, but you know, it, it's before it's I make, uh, before I make my next pick, can you give me the uh, names and middle names of everybody else you're related to in nope. dogs? <laughs> nope. 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 Other dogs Rats. named Reeve. So you're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, after the movie, not the politician. I have to clarify that now. Well, um, <laughs> well, I'm glad you did clarify because you sure. Is yeah, that, well, is so, somebody was like, I forget who it was, but somebody was like, is your dog named after Rudy Giuliani? And I was like, no, 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 no. After well, I mean, movie, after the last few years, why wouldn't he be? Yeah. yeah well, you know. <laughs> um, uh, Eric Cole is a phenomenal pitcher, somebody that I love watching pitch every five days. So I think that's. He's damn good. He is damn, I mean, he damn good. He shot 326 guys in 2019. His 2019 season with Houston was a remarkable year that he did not win the Cy Young, but I, I don't under, that's one of the mysteries to me is I don't understand how he didn't win the Cy Young that year. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, he's mm -hmm. also the single season strikeout leader and the, for the New York Yankees, um, which, you know, is the most prominent franchise in sports, most historic franchise in sports, yada, yada, yada. One man's um, opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, but you know, most people's opinion, but that's fine. Um, Wrong and he is their opinion. strike, <laughs> he, is, he, is, <laughs> he is their single season strikeout leader. So, good pick, great pick. Yeah, the fact house. that it did take him that long to get a sigh is kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean, he could have won it in 19, he could have won it. I mean, he led the league in wins in 2021. Um, he had where is he had, I'm looking for his ERA. He had a 292 in 2021 in 2019. Oh, he had a 323 in 2021. Um, in 2019, he had a 254, 250 ERA with 326 strikeouts. And I believe he threw a shutout that year, too. No, he didn't. But he won 20 games. I remember there was a streak of him winning like 17 straight games in 2019, which is, you know, bonkers. Um, so good pick. I, I'll never forget when the Yankees signed Garrett Cole. It was one of the best days of my life.
I'm glad you got him. I mean, I'm not glad you got him. I'm glad he got picked. <laughs> I was about to say, wow, that was, that was very big of you. I appreciate it. No, no, no. I'm just glad he got picked. But um, sure. Who's your next pick? Okay. All right. Um, I do like picking people that win uh, hardware. So how about a MVP, this time of the World Series variety? Give me uh, some Corey Seager action for the uh, Texas Rangers. How about that? Ooh. A second career World Series MVP, as a matter of fact, after helping the Rangers get their first championship in franchise history. Uh, uh, and he did this after missing quite a bit of time in the last season due to injury. Uh, had AL best uh, 43 doubles despite missing 43 games. Uh, he had an on-base percentage of 1.013, uh, had 33 home runs, Almost 100 RBIs coming in four short at 96. And this is one of these stats that I know the baseball heads love. War, win above replacement, 6.9. So that is N-I-point-C-E. Nice. 6.9 right there. So give me Corey Seager of the Texas Rangers. Yeah, Corey Seager is a great pick. Um, Two-time World Series champion. Uh, And, you know. He's a, he's Not a only that, two-time two World Series MVP. And that's on right, top of that, right. w- one of the best hitters and uh, premier uh, in the game. Yeah. Hell he of a combo. He is. He's, he's, he's a great hitter. He's, he's a great player. So uh, that, that's a good pick. That's another good pick on your end. And then you have – oh, no, you have the last pick. So I yeah, get yeah. to go next. You, you are up, my friend. Oh, man. I know. Yeah, right now it's like, oh, Jeebus. <laughs> yep. I know one of the guys I'm going to take. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with another MVP. Not, uh, well, kind of recently, 2020 MVP, which some people say that is the Mickey Mouse year, but he should have won an MVP prior to that. Um, also a World Series champion with. The team that everybody around here loves, the Atlanta Braves. I'm going to pick first baseman. There it is for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Frederick Freeman. Um, yep. Like I said, he he's a World Series champ. He's a uh, National League MVP. Um, I think it's a shame that that's his first MVP. He should have he should have won before then mm-hmm. uh, because he truly is one of the best. Uh, players in baseball, he's, I mean, he's another guy kind of like Soto that you expect there to be a lot of power, but there's really not. Um, looking at his batting average, he's a career 301 batting average, which means he's getting a hit 30% of the time, which like league average is like 250. Uh, so he's about 50 points higher than league average. Um, you want to go off of, well, I don't have war on here. Um, but I would assume that his war is very high. Um, you know, doubles machine led the league in doubles four times, including last year. Uh, he spreads the ball all across the field. Uh, 321 home runs hits. He has 2,114 hits in in 14 years, averaging about 182 hits and 28 dingers a year. Um, you know, I mean, Freddie Freeman, he's he's won silver sluggers. He's won gold gloves. He's been to the All-Star game seven times in his 14-year career. 
Um, mind you, one of those years that he didn't go was the COVID year where there was no All-Star game. Um, and the thing about Freddie Freeman for me is that he's on the field a lot. You know, looking at his 162-game average of games played, his average games played is 162. Um, so, I mean, yeah, he's he's awesome. I like Freddie Freeman. I like him more that he's not with the Braves, but I don't like him as much that he's with the Dodgers, but it's okay, you know. Whatever. I get that. I get that. One yeah. of five first basemen in MLB history to hit for the cycle multiple times in his career. Um, wow. Yeah. That Shout is out baseball impressive reference. right there. Shout out baseball reference for that one. Um, and then my last pick. This is This is where it gets a little dicey for me. Because there's a couple of different places that I could go. But for me, when I think of like a baseball player and who I think is a great baseball player and who I think is kind of plays into what I like about baseball, I also got to think a little bit of like what they bring to the game on the field skills wise, but also what they bring to the game like swag wise. There's few players that are as swaggy and as intense and as into it as Bryce Harper. Mm. He, mm. I mean, you talk about a guy that you are scared to pitch to. Oof. Bryce Harper is a very scary individual. He's, he's young. He's only 31. But the thing about Harper is that he's been in the league for 12 years already. He came in the league also when he was 19 years old. Won the Rookie of the Year, two-time MVP winner, um, been to the All-Star Game one, two, seven times as well. Um, Harper, the thing about Harper though is he likes to hit home runs, so he's got 306 home runs. Led the league when he won the MVP with 42 big flies. Um, also an on-base on-base machine. Uh, his his 2015 season. Listen to this: 118 runs, 42 home runs. A batting average of 330, on base of 460. Uh, I mean, 99 RBIs. Also a World Series champ. No, he's not. He's not a World Series champion. But he's been to the World Series, didn't um, he? No, I thought I thought he 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 won a ring with the with the no. Phillies. They won the year after he left, led by oh. Juan Soto. Okay, there you um, go. Yeah, because the big thing was like, oh, Harper's going to leave. Harper's leaving. The Nationals are going to be awful, and then they won the World Series. Uh, um, you in effect. Yeah, but, you know, it is what it is, and Harper has plenty of playoff moments at the expense of the Atlanta Braves. Um, (laughs) And so I kind of enjoy that as well. And so, yeah, I'm going to take Harper, who is also. Can we talk about Harper, who I believe he had Tommy John surgery in the end of 2022, played 99 games, and decided I'm going to come back not as a designated hitter, as a first baseman, went from the outfield to first base because he said, you know what? I'm ready to play. And the year after having Tommy John surgery, played 126 games. <laughs> I mean, that's wild. Uh, normally when players get Tommy John surgery, they're out like a long time, not playing the next year. Um, so shout out to Bryce Harper. That's my last pick. All right. Well, I'm having to get a little bit creative here. Um, uh, I have some honorable mentions uh, that I can Warner. 
Right, yeah. Uh, I'm going to pick the entirety of the 2016 Chicago Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> Especially you, History Grandpa makers. David Ross. No. Um, uh, mm. Mm. There's one player I really want to draft, but like if we fantasy draft, I know that like Yahoo would ding me for this, for saying this is a massive reach. So I'm not going to go for Vlad Guerrero Jr. I love Matt Vlad. I love Vlad Jr., but but I'm not going to go Vlad. Another guy I don't like at all. Really? I can't stand double cheeseburger Vlad. Can't uh, stand well, him. well, yeah, of course, because he mashes your. Well, he also talks a lot of shit about the Yankees, so he can kiss my ass. Well, as he, he should. They're they're they're. They're rivals in this. While he continues to munch down on that. uh, I will say I was also a fan of his dad as well. So, um, and even though he's in the division and uh, he's sensational this year, I don't know if I can say one year is enough for me to go uh, L.A. De La Cruz. So I'm not Mm. doing that. Good honorable mention. I'm not doing that. So, it comes down to two. Mm. And it is not going to be Fernando Tucker Jr. It is going to be the first baseman in Atlanta that replaced Freddie Friedman. Give me Matt Olson. Because ever since he has showed up in the ATL uh, as an unpopular person for replacing uh, Freddie Freeman, who people did not want to see leave. Uh, He has produced and he's produced on the cheap, particularly last year when uh, he mashed to the tune of 54 home runs. How does that sound? How does that sound? Yeah, Matt Olson shut a lot of Braves fans up. He really did his first year. I mean, like, um, like, like, totally yeah, an under good. the radar guy. And I loved the fact that he is able to be like a "How you like me now?" type situation. Um, so yeah, for my final pick, give me Matt Olson. Yeah, I think if Acuna didn't steal seventy bases last year, Olson would be probably would have won the MVP. I mean, he was in the he was in the running. Um, and he, he had a great season. Uh, I mean, Acuna just set literally set records. Um, so, you know, it is what it is, but Olsen, that's, that's also a great pick. Um, okay. Your five, Ronald Acuna Jr., Otani, Garrett Cole, Corey Seager, Matt Olsen. My five. Aaron Judge, Juan Soto, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Bryce Harper. Um, those are ten really good players. <laughs> they are. They are. Um, they and are. I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and accept your uh, concession speech. Not, not giving that. At all. <laughs> um, Damn, I thought that would work. <laughs> no, not in the slightest. Not with your second pick. Um, so, if. You guys think that you have five better players, or if you want to tell us your five best players, just let us know in the comments um, or talk to us on the Facebook page. We love to talk to you on that. 
Before we get out of here, I want to know what you had. I know you said you had honorable mentions, Landon. So rattle them off real quick for me. Oh, you heard me work through my honorable mentions. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. What Um, about you? Do you have any honorable mentions? Well, well, my other honorable the entire 2016 uh, Chicago Cubs uh, roster. So, yeah. Well, uh, Anthony Rizzo. Oh, and uh, well, and I guess Anthony Rizzo still uh, in the league. He's he's uh, he's one of you. Chris Bryant is still kicking around somewhere. I don't, I don't, I don't know Bobby what Bias. happened to him. He's in Colorado. I love I, I, I love you, Chris Bryant. Yep. Hobby Baez with the Tigers. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. David Ross is Hap- now unemployed, so you know it's okay. Grandpa. Ian Happ is still in the league. He's still playing with the Cubs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was on that team. Uh, Jorge uh, Soler got uh, was was on the roster, but got traded. I don't. So so I, so I don't think. Wait, was was he on the World Series? I think he. I think he was on the roster. Um, A lot's Hayward. happened since 2016. If we're being completely honest, so. Jason Hayward's with the Dodgers. The um, Jay Hay kid, man. Yeah. Yep. He's a oh, he was very important to that team. Yeah. I think Dexter Fowler's still in the league too, somewhere. How is um, that possible? Sure he was on that. I'm pretty sure he was on that team. No shade being thrown at Dexter Fowler, but all right, man. I'm, I'm fairly certain he's on, in the league still. Uh, my armor mentions, I had, uh, you said Fernando Tatis. That was on my list. Uh, Manny Machado. Good one. Um, Julio Rodriguez up in Ooh. Seattle. Uh, yeah. Francisco Lindor to prove that I'm not biased completely. <laughs> um, but I also think he's a great player. You've said several um, your, times throughout this podcast you are biased. Well, to prove that I can put my bias aside, how about that? Uh, yes, yeah, so let's, let's uh, producer can... go back to the whole conversation about uh, about uh, Otani. Oh, I'm not putting it aside for him. Uh, to also <laughs> prove I'm not biased, Jordan Alvarez from the Astros. Uh, very intimidating hitter. And Bo Bichette from Toronto. I think That's Bichette a character is... from Star Wars. You can't get that one past me. Boba Fett, Boba Fett. Um, yeah. I, I I love Boba Fett. Actually, I I enjoy watching him play. But without further ado, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this episode up. If you like what you hear, just go ahead and give us a like on uh, the wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe. Be sure to do that. Leave us your comments of the five players that you think are the best in baseball. And if Aaron Judge is not on the list, please don't do it. Then. <laughs> Um, your you know, you're showing, is showing. You're showing your intelligence level if you do that. Um, uh, so, <laughs> there goes all the. Uh, <laughs> Does anybody else want to do a fantasy uh, wanna, baseball draft after this? I would love that. Um, yeah, do yeah, get at us you, if you want to do a fantasy baseball draft this year. Yeah, we'll do it. I, I'm all for fantasy baseball. I'm in. Um, that's two. That's two. We'll volunteer we can, Jay. That's we can, three. We can, we can pay Justin to do it. We'll have to bump his wages a little bit, but I think he'll do it. <laughs> yeah, he needs um, money, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about turning tricks on I-4 or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do want to thank you, Landon, for hopping on this evening. And a shout-out to you, Producer Joe, for making us sound fantastic. Joe. And without further ado, we hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your college basketball. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Moonshine and Scoreboards. 
Moonshine and Scoreboards is a Tri-M production and is hosted by Kevin Scott, Landon Doan, and Justin Krutzinger. Our engineer is Joe the Engineer. If you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Google Podcast, or anywhere you get your podcast. You can email us at moonshineandscoreboards at gmail.com. Subscribe, tell a friend, and come back next week for all of the fun, the games, the moonshine, and of course, the scoreboards. Thank you.